0: Girlfriends, episode number 221. Here's how to cultivate contentment in a dissatisfied world. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking about cultivating contentment. We all need help with this. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends. How are you? Thanks so much for showing up for the newest episode of the Girlfriends podcast. If you are a first time listener here at Girlfriends, I want to give you a special hello and welcome. I hope you're going to sit, relax, enjoy what we share here and come back for more. We are so grateful that you are giving our community a try. If you're a longtime listener or a sometimes listener, I want to say welcome back. I'm always happy to have you here joining me on the podcast week after week. So grateful for all the ways that we're able to connect Especially during this time of quarantine, we are going through some stuff, and we are continuing to go through some stuff. Um, Some places in the country I was uh, grateful to see were opening up various things, various businesses, that sort of thing, but that is not the case here in New Hampshire, at least as of the time when I'm recording this. We are um, being very cautious here as a state and uh, things are still closed. My husband's small business is still closed. My work, of course, continues because I'm working online. Our kids are home from school for the year. That's probably the case for you, too. That seems to be a nationwide thing um, where people are not going back for the remainder of this school year. But I'm grateful. I'm grateful to have my husband around all day, every day. Grateful to have my big kids who usually go to high school home all day. I'm grateful to have my college-age daughter home here with us. I'm grateful for technology because we're able to communicate and connect with my extended family, with friends, um, with our big kids who are living away from us, and um, some of their spouses even in other states. Really grateful for all those things that we have, but this is still a difficult thing. We talked a little bit last week in real ways how it's okay if you're not okay, and that is still true. It is still important to acknowledge the fact that if you are not feeling okay, if you are struggling, that is perfectly normal. And I'm I'm praying for you and hoping that you will be able to access the support that you need, the kind of encouragement you need, that you will have a network of people that you can connect with, that you will find whatever help or support you are needing at this stage right now. Um, but also, I want to talk this week about contentment because that's also important, As much as it's important to acknowledge the very real conflicts and struggles in some of the ways that we are feeling like it's not enough or we're feeling like this life is not what I wanted, Um, the ways in which we're feeling dissatisfied, it's important to acknowledge that. But it's also important to cultivate contentment right where we are even inside of very difficult circumstances. Um, So I wanna share some ideas for ways we can do that, ways that I found helpful, that we can do that, especially during a time of crisis like this, but just in every day, because we live in a world, you know, in that title, I called this a dissatisfied world. That is what we live in. We live in a world that tells us we need more. We should never be content. We should never be satisfied. We should always be reaching for more. And sometimes I really need a reality check with regard to material things for sure. Many of us have a skewed view of reality when it comes to what is normal, what's expected, right? Whether it's what kind of car you drive or what kind of house you live in or what you do for a job or what kind of clothing you wear or what kind of clothes your kids wear or what kind of school they go to or all of these different status kinds of symbols it's easy to fall into that. It's easy to fall into the temptation to feel like we never have enough and it's not good enough and be comparing ourselves to the people around us in ways that are always going to wind up with us falling short. So, I want to talk a little bit about that and some of the ways that I've experienced discontentment in my own life that I've been aware of. Some, some, um, Key moments where I've really realized it. Here's a really funny one. Um, not too long ago, my husband and I and some of the kids were watching uh, that television show on HGTV, Fixer Upper, with Chip and Joanna Gaines. I mean, who does not love Chip and Joanna Gaines? They're awesome. (laughs) I just love watching them. They're a joy. And I love the show. And I I love a lot of the work they do. It's beautiful what they do in homes and the way they can transform a place. And, you know, Joanna's just got this beautiful artistic um, approach to her design and all of it. It's inspiring, wonderful, all of that. But this one particular time, and in other times since, if I'm being honest, when I've sat and kind of watched that show, you know, three or four in a row, marathon of uh, Fix Upper, I find that when we turn off the TV and then I go walk around my house, I, I don't love my house. <laughs> I'm feeling greatly dissatisfied with my house because it doesn't look Chip and Joanna Gaines perfect, right? Well, how many of us are living in a house like that, except for the people who moved into the house that Chip and Joanna Gaines just finished, right? Their their newly completed project. But those people a year in, how many of them are still living in that ideal state, right? Um, So I need that reminder to myself sometimes to be content with what I have. It's fine to set goals. It's fine to be inspired. It's fine if you want to redo your floors or, you know, renovate your kitchen or whatever you want to do. And it's fine if I want those things. But Keep it in check. Realize what's making you feel that way. So if I'm coming off of a marathon viewing session of Fixer Upper, and then I'm just looking around at all the things that are off in my house, the different little things that are quirky. And let me tell you, my house is probably quirkier than yours. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, all houses have their quirks. Mine might be quirkier than yours simply because Dan built our house and he's still building our house. And anyone who um, is married to a handy husband knows that it's a mixed bag. It's a mixed blessing because I'm so proud of Dan and his talents and his hard work. And I love our house. And yet he himself admits that his tendency is to do a job to about 90% of completion. Like so many areas of our house just are missing that last little bit of trim or the little bit of polyurethane or paint here or there. And yeah, those are places where I could step up and finish it off. But Dan admits that he does that out of, of out of sort of a restlessness or a boredom of moving on to the next thing. Like he feels like he's completed the project and he doesn't want to be bothering with those final details. But so there are things like that. So I'll come off of watching Fixer Upper and be like, oh, my gosh, we need trim over here. And this isn't painted. And this is, you know, old or, you know, whatever it is. And, um, you know, that's a normal reaction to spending your time engaging in that. So that alone, that experience alone kind of opened my eyes to the ways in which my surroundings, my influences, the people I'm talking to, the the kinds of shows I'm watching, the kind of stores I shop in, the kinds of magazines I might flip through, how those all set expectations for me. And maybe they're not the expectations I want for myself. I've experienced this too, and probably you have. Um, do you like this the store Home Goods? I mean, who doesn't? There have been all these funny memes going around about people missing TJ Maxx and Home Goods during this time of quarantine. Uh, there was a really funny video I saw. I think it was a TikTok video. Not that I'm on TikTok, but TikTok videos find their way onto Facebook and other media. Anyway, um, of this woman standing outside of TJ Maxx and um, holding up. Her hand, I think, like longing for it, wanting to touch TJ Maxx with the music playing. I think I will always love you or something dramatic like that. Um, Yeah. So we love these stores, right? But how many times have you gone through a store like that and found yourself wanting to buy things that you don't need and... You know, if you take the time to examine it, and I have done this, where I will put something into my cart in a store like Home Goods, right, and then walk on a little further, and then look at that thing and say, "What? Am, what am I buying that for? Like, what is my motivation for buying that?" And if I'm being honest, my motivation is, I think buying this thing is going to buy me a different kind of life, right? Like, oh, if I have this special serving tray, which is beautiful and whatever, and if you can afford it, there's, it's not immoral to buy it, right? But, you know be reflective about what is motivating you to purchase things, for example. Um, So actually, this is gonna lead me right into, (laughs) right into my first thing that I wanna mention. So I've got a few different tips here, different ideas. Um, I've got four different ways that I'm gonna share with you for cultivating contentment. And the first one is break your buying habits. So here I am in the store, in HomeGoods, the thing is in my cart, the serving tray, whatever it is. And if I examine it, I think, I am buying that because I think if I buy this thing, then I will be the kind of person who throws the kind of party where this kind of a platter is expected and makes sense. And a beautiful addition to the scene, right? Whatever image, whatever image of perfection you have in your mind, you know, that's not a reason to buy something. (laughs) That's a reason to examine what am I feeling dissatisfied about in my life and why isn't it good enough, right? So break your buying habits or at least interrupt your buying habits. Many of us do these things on autopilot. Uh, Online shopping has gone through the roof during this time of quarantine and that's to be expected. That's normal, right? I'm buying all of my groceries from Walmart right now not my normal and i normally would never buy groceries at walmart never mind you know using the pickup service and all of that but is the, that is the only option for me right now for buying groceries and not going into a store and so i've been buying all of my groceries online that's that's normal that's expected these days anyway um but other online shopping i'm sure has skyrocketed because people are bored out of their minds and looking for a diversion and for how many of us is shopping recreational in some ways, this is fine. I've gone out shopping with girlfriends um, this past September when I had a girls weekend with my sisters. I was so blessed to be able to have that time a couple of nights away in the Cape with my sisters, my three sisters. And one of the things we did, we spent an entire afternoon in these tiny little shops, you know, in in these little, little beautiful boutiques uh, on, in the Cape, just shopping and looking at stuff, talking about it. We didn't buy that much stuff. In fact, I think I didn't buy a single thing that weekend. Um, and, and that so it can be recreational in that way, right? Because we love stuff. We like to look at things. We like clothing. We like jewelry. We like stuff for our homes and candles and whatever. Uh, and it's fine. It is fine to enjoy that in a recreational way. But I want you to examine what are your buying habits? And under what circumstances do you find yourself right now clicking online to buy something, clicking onto Amazon and just, you know, searching for the next little thing that might be a little, give you that little endorphin boost when you put it in your cart. What, how, how are we using shopping to maybe fill a hole that only God should be able to fill? We talked about this last week, right? Ways in which we might be overeating or drinking or, you know, turning to things that aren't so good for us, turning to Netflix and whatnot. Uh, because of that feeling of discontentment, we're seeking comfort in these things. And like we said last week, it's fine to use these things sometimes for comfort. God gives us good things for our comfort. And that it's okay if these things bring us comfort. But it is also important to be examining what our habits are. Like, is if you're triggered by something emotionally, are you automatically thinking um, or even just reflexively just looking to to go shopping? to buy something online? Um, Is that a way that you soothe yourself? It's important to be thinking about that. Outside of the time of quarantine, how often would you stop into a place like TJ Maxx or HomeGoods or otherwise, whatever your favorite shop is, just to fill an emotional need that you might be feeling? I remember sharing on the podcast, I do not even know, I couldn't even tell you which show it was, but I remember sharing the story of how I got into a bad argument with somebody very close to me and I was very upset about it and I was out running errands and I found myself Turning into the parking lot of Home Goods without even thinking it through—that was my response to that emotional lack that I was feeling, that anxiety that I had. And so let's let's be a little bit reflective about how we might be using shopping. What are your buying habits um, with regard to contentment? Are you looking for stuff to comfort you, to de-stress? And like I said, within limits. These things are okay to use in that way. But there comes a point where that trigger really should be moving you toward God, turning you toward your relationship with God. There's, there's a discontent that you're experiencing that only God can fix. Where are you seeking comfort in things? So what are your buying habits? I think it's important to be examining those. There's a great quote from G.K. Chesterton who says, there are two ways to get enough. One is to continue to accumulate more and more. The other is to desire less. That's powerful, right? Because we get that choice. We can continue to accumulate. We can continue our buying habits as they are if they're out of whack. And we can just keep buying more and more and just be seeking that contentment. And you might experience what you think is a little bit of contentment in those first few moments after you buy it, right? And yet it's so fleeting, it goes away and you have to buy more again. You can get caught up in that cycle or you can make that choice to desire less. So if you're finding yourself caught up in that kind of materialistic wanting more um, without maybe thinking about it too much, without being thoughtful about why you're filling your cart with things either online or in the store, what's motivating you? I want to encourage you to examine what your your buying habits are, where you're looking for comfort with regard to shopping perhaps, and how those those might be a symptom of a greater sense of discontent in your life that you might need to address in other ways. All right, so that's my first idea for a way to cultivate contentment in a dissatisfied world. But the second one I wanna share with you is examine your thoughts. So examine your actions with regard to shopping especially, but examine your thoughts. Like, do you ever think this? Once this happens, then I'll be happy even if you don't think those words precisely, are there things in your life that you, you approach in that way, that you have that perspective on? When I get that job, when I get that car, when, you know, um, my son accomplishes this in school, when I lose weight, when, you know, whatever it is, the thing, when my kid gets into that school, whatever it is that you're kind of holding out in the future as when this happens, then I'll be happy examine your thoughts. What are you thinking about in that way? Because when you allow yourself to think in that way, you are removing from yourself all possibility of being happy in the present moment, because you don't have that thing yet, whatever it is. And guess what? Newsflash, when you get the thing, it's not going to magically make you into a different person. It's not going to magically transform your life. You're not going to magically feel full contentment. That happens in God, and it's not magic, right? It's grace, the grace that we receive in our relationship with God in rooting ourselves in our identity as his precious daughters. That's where true contentment lies. That's where that self-worth comes from. That's where that peace and lasting joy is. And that's what every one of us is seeking, right? All these different ways that we feel discontent is because we're seeking, we're restless because we're not resting in him. So examine your thoughts. And think about ways in which you've allowed yourself maybe to even become bored in your thoughts, in your thinking, in your approach to life. Discontent is often a symptom of being bored in your life. Look for ways that you can be more curious. Learn something new. Learn a new way of connecting with the people that God's placed in your life. Look for a new way of learning something new, a new skill that you can use to bring joy to yourself and others. Look for a new way to be connecting with God, a new prayer practice, for example. And inside of a new prayer practice, I want to encourage you to look at scripture that can help you be contented or help you have the proper perspective on being content. There might be a particular psalm or a different passage that helps you in that regard. One that I like to reflect on is um, from St. Paul in Philippians chapter four. So he says in, in this chapter, I know indeed how to live in humble circumstances. I know also how to live with abundance. In every circumstance and in all things, I have learned the secret of being well fed and of going hungry, of living in abundance and of being in need. I have the strength for everything through Him who empowers me. To me, that is such a powerful passage and an important one to reflect on because here He is saying, He's figured out the magic secret for being content regardless of his circumstances. And that should be the goal for every one of us, that our contentment shouldn't be contingent upon the next thing we're gonna buy or whatever status thing we are waiting for, whatever event we have, however good it might be, holding out in the future, like I'll be content when that happens, regardless of our circumstances. Here St. Paul is saying in humble circumstances and in abundance, he learned how to be content how to live in those things, learn the secret of being well-fed and of going hungry. We all need that secret. We all need to learn how to be content, whether we are being well-fed or going hungry in physical ways, but more importantly, in spiritual ways in emotional ways. Some of those ways that that's reflective of a spiritual state of mind, a spiritual hunger that we have, right? Things that we're lacking, Make that list of things you want, right? Things that you're desiring. And then kind of be a little bit reflective about where are those desires coming from? And then, you know, earlier in that passage, St. Paul says, Have no anxiety at all, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, make your requests known to God. Then the peace of God that surpasses all anxiety will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. That's it, right? I often read that and I think, oh, is that it? Just have no anxiety at all? Okay, (laughs) great, (laughs) thanks for telling me, right? But no, it really is. It's the the simple formula that's being laid out for us here in this passage. Don't worry, tell God, and then be at peace. Um, Easier said than done, but it is that simple, right? This is the simple formula. Have no anxiety at all, don't worry. By prayer and petition, make your request known to God. Tell God. Whatever it is you're desiring, you're desiring good things. I'm positive of it. We all have many desires for good things in our lives and good things for the people that we love and care about and that we share our lives with. We have these desires for good things, and those desires have been placed in your heart by God, and he wants you to bring those desires to him. He wants you to make those requests known to him. Make your requests known to God. Tell God, and then be at peace. St. Paul says, then the peace of God that surpasses all understanding— guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So examine your thoughts. Examine the ways in which you are thinking about the things in your life and the things that you want, the things that you desire. Examine those and then follow that formula. Don't worry. Tell God about it. Be at peace. Work on having that kind of mindfulness, even in your everyday life. And remind yourself with scripture. It might, might not be Philippians that speaks to you, I'm just offering this as an example that's been helpful and encouraging to me with this regard but there might be another passage of scripture that you want to spend some time pondering. You know, choose a passage that has special meaning for you in some way with regard to contentment, with regard to God's providence. And then I want to encourage you to take between like 4 and 6 lines of it, no longer than that, and then just prayerfully read it. The practice of lectio divina, which sounds so fancy, right, is really very simple. It's a matter of reading carefully and slowly the word of God and then spending some time in silence, opening your heart to what the Holy Spirit wants to tell you inside of those words. Just read them, read those lines, read them over a few times and then spend some time in silence, asking God what he wants to speak to you in those lines and then spend some time responding to what you hear God telling you. So work on examining your thoughts And then work on putting good thoughts in there. Scripture is a great way to do that. All right. The third way I want to mention is to be more grateful. We all need to do this. We all need to cultivate gratitude for the things that we have, for the blessings that we have. This is a hard thing to do, especially in this time of quarantine when we feel deprived of so many good things, when many of us are struggling with worries, with anxieties, with legitimate worries and anxieties about the future, about finances, about health, about our kids' educations, about our own work, about our marriages, all of these things, right? But there's so many things in every single day to be grateful for. And I know it sounds trite, but spend some time actually speaking out loud or writing down those things that you're grateful for. Those things in your life that you have done, that you have been given, that you've been blessed with, things you've accomplished that you're so grateful for, things others have done for you that you are grateful for. Spend some time actually writing them down. Because, you know, so often we get caught up in writing our to-do lists, whether that's mentally or actually physically writing our to-do list at the start of each day. So many of us have these to-do lists running in our heads. We can't be satisfied. We can't be content because we haven't done all of our things yet. Well, I don't know. If you're like me, your to-do list is never ending, You can finish a lot of things that you want to do, that you want to accomplish. But then, how often do we take the time? Do we pause for a moment to be grateful for the things that we have done, for the opportunity to accomplish them, for the blessings that have come to us through them, through the everyday little blessings that we enjoy, whether it's a meal shared with your family, taking a walk with your husband, having some time to enjoy a cup of tea by yourself, something small. Look for ways in which you can cultivate that feeling of gratitude in your life. So those to-do lists, as, as important as they are, I like another practice that I heard about on a different podcast. Um, I think it was on the Happier podcast with Gretchen Rubin Um, where they were encouraging listeners to make a to-da list rather than a to-do list. And this, I love this. I, I like the little play on words, first of all. But second of all, I like the concept of it. List the things you've done. It gives you an opportunity to say, hey, I've done quite a few things. We've accomplished some amazing things in our family life. Little things like potty training or making dinner or cleaning out a closet or, you know, whatever it is, make your list and make it as general, like over your lifetime or as specific, like what you did this afternoon as as you want. But that can help you to cultivate this sense of gratitude for the things that you have and the things that you've done rather than for this longing, which is what the to-do list is, right? The longing of things you want to have, the longing of things you want to do. And it's great to set goals, right? We've done whole podcasts here about setting goals and the importance of doing that. But it's also great to pause and be reflective on the things that you're grateful for, the things that you've done, the things that you've accomplished, the things that have been given to you, the abundance of blessings that all of us enjoy every day. So look for ways to be more grateful and look for ways that you can speak that gratitude out loud. Writing it down is a great thing, but then look for ways that you can say it out loud to your family, to your friends. I said just the other day to my family, nobody in particular was listening, how grateful I was for our working dishwasher. Because, you know, especially during this time of quarantine, I feel like I'm running it all day, every day. And I am so grateful, and I was so grateful in that moment, but how many times do we notice something small like that and then we just push that thought aside? Well, say it out loud. Say what you're grateful for. Say thank you to the people who do things for you. Say thank you to, you know, the kid who unloads that dishwasher, even if they did it begrudgingly. You know, say thank you to, you know, people who might help prepare a meal in your home or to your husband who works or to your kids who... Give you a little bit of company during a time when you're feeling lonely. Say thank you to the people who are blessing you. And that will cultivate more of a sense of gratitude. The more you do that, the more it becomes a habit to be looking for these small things. And we've talked about this before on the podcast. The Really the powerful prayer practice of just formally listing things you are grateful for inside of your prayer time each day. And you can do this just like say five things you're grateful for every day when we gather for family prayers we often go around and everybody says at least one thing from the day or f- that they're you know in that in that time period that they're especially grateful for thanking god for that thing and this is something you can do on your own as you're as you're falling asleep at night maybe make it a habit to think of five things that you're grateful for or at the start of each day giving thanks to god setting that tone for your day of gratitude because the more you're grateful the more you're going to be content with the things you have the more you're going to be aware of what you have which leads me to my fourth idea for a way to cultivate contentment. And that is to want what you have. Now that you've made this list of things that you're grateful for, work on wanting those things, right? Going back to that Chesterton quote that we can desire less. And one of the ways that we can desire less is to want what we have. Change what you're longing for. Look around you. Be clear about it. Sometimes we want what other people have, right? There's that temptation to be jealous and be so aware of the things that other people have. How many of us feel put down sometimes when we hear about the blessings that God gives to others? Well, look at that as an opportunity to list your own blessings, your own strengths. One powerful way to do this is to be grateful for, to be aware of, and to want the very personal blessings, the strengths the character strengths that God has given you. Now, sometimes we have trouble being this self aware, right? It's hard to know. Like, you know, you might notice that your girlfriend's really organized or your your sister um, has this great artistic talent that you envy or, um, you know, somebody you know has financial strengths that you're lacking and you're jealous, you know, whatever it is. Think about what your character strengths are, especially character strengths, not so much physical blessings and material things that you have. We all have those things too. Um, but spend some time really reflecting on what your personal character strengths are. You know, when you're when you're tempted to be jealous of the things that other people have, the strengths that other people have. One powerful way to do this, um, I did this not too long ago. Somebody sent me, it was uh, a character quiz. Like, um, you know, like how we love our temperament quizzes, right? (laughs) All these different ways of kind of gaining self-knowledge. Well, this was a quiz along those lines, and I'm going to share it in the show notes at ascensionpress.com if you are interested in... um taking this quiz yourself, you can go to viacharacter.org. And you have to make an account there, but it is free to take the quiz. And you can take a quiz on your personal character. It'd probably take like five minutes for you to do. It asks you questions very similar to the kinds of questions asked on all of those temperament quizzes. But then it gives you a list. And this is the part that's so helpful. It gives you a list of what your personal character strengths are. And this is nice because Sometimes we don't want to sit and just like, you know, reflect on this and toot our own horn like, "Oh, I'm good at this and I'm good at that." Um, so many of us have trouble doing that, women especially, I've found. But this is sort of an objective way of doing that. It's sort of assessing, "What are your character strengths?" And it's a great way to cultivate contentment, especially if you're tempted to be jealous of the strengths of other people, be distracted by the blessings other people have and the talents that other people have. It can be An invitation to focus on our own gifts, our own strengths of character. And um, just so you have an idea of what what comes up in it, mine came up strong in spirituality, fairness, forgiveness, and appreciation of beauty as some of my personal character strengths. And um, although I probably could have come up with a similar list on my own, I, I found it was really helpful to kind of take this quiz and Come up with this list sort of outside of myself and say, you know what, these things are true. And then to reflect on some of the ways in which I use those gifts to bless other people and some of the ways in which I might be called to use those gifts to bless other people. So then this is the second part of it. Wanting what you have, especially with regard to your gifts and your strengths and your blessings, and then be generous with those. Be generous with your gifts because this takes the focus off of you. When you are tempted to feel discontentment in your life, it's all focused on me, right? Oh, me, 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 poor me. I don't have these things. Well, let's take the focus off of ourselves. Let's focus on other people. Let's focus on ways in which we might be called to bless other people with the stuff we have. Yes, material things. Go through your things. Decide if there's stuff that's weighing you down Are the things you've accumulated on those shopping trips that you don't need, that you could use as a gift to somebody else. Get rid of stuff that is emotionally and spiritually weighing you down, perhaps. But then look for a way to be reaching out and using your gifts. Even if you don't take the quiz, think about what your strengths are. What are your character strengths? And how can you use those gifts to encourage other people, to bless other people, to be a source of happiness and contentment for other people? So naturally from wanting what you have and appreciating what you have, being clear about it, don't let jealousy cloud your vision with regard to the blessings that you have, then you can reach out and be generous in blessing other people with that. Get rid of some of that stuff that's weighing you down because that stuff sometimes that we've bought or these thoughts that we have of the things that we want or the status that we want, and we think that our happiness is going to lie in that, right? But happiness can only be contingent upon God, not things or people even. Our happiness isn't contingent upon the stuff that we have or even the wonderful relationships with other people we have in our lives. That's not where our happiness and contentment is going to come from. Ultimately, our happiness is going to be found in God, These ways sometimes that we're struggling with discontentment and these ways in which we try to fill that hole of discontentment, we're trying to create heaven on earth. We need to accept the fact that there are going to be these wants, there are going to be these lacks inside of our experience here on earth. It's a fallen world we're living in. Original sin is real. The results of evil, the ways we experience it in our lives, some of the ways in which we're going to feel this longing for perfection that's never fully going to be fulfilled or realized on earth, that's part of it. That's real. We're never going to experience full and lasting contentment until we get to heaven. Here on earth, we're trying sometimes with things, with people, with stuff, with these ideas of things we want. The next thing that we think is going to make us happy, we're trying to create heaven on earth and we can't do that. We need to recognize that our walk here on earth is going to involve some wants, some lacks, some flaws, some ways we're going to fall short. And we need to accept that. Contentment can come very much from accepting the ways in which we're lacking, accepting the things that we want that we're not going to get, whether we're talking materially or spiritually or emotionally. And that doesn't mean we don't set goals. That doesn't mean we don't want things that wanting is bad and all of that. But realizing we're not going to experience that perfection until the next life. This world isn't that. This world is not your home. So you are going to feel out of place sometimes. You're going to feel like a fish out of water. You're going to feel that longing. You're going to feel that lack and that longing and that lack, that disconnect content that you feel is an invitation to grow closer to God. Happiness can only be contingent upon God. He is ultimately the source He's where we're going to find contentment, where we're going to find lasting joy and peace and fulfillment. So that's my reminder for you today. These are the four different ways, ideas for ways to cultivate contentment that I wanted to share with you today. First, break your buying habits. Examine them. Number two, examine your thoughts. Three, look for ways to be more grateful. And number four, want what you have and then turn that into generosity with those blessings that you've been given. You might have some ideas for ways to cultivate contentment or ways that you're struggling with that. I would love to hear from you. You can always connect with me on social media. I'm Danielle Bean on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. But then I love it when you give me feedback. You can record a voice memo and email it to me or send me a good old-fashioned email, danielle at daniellebean.com. I always love to hear from you. Now, coming up, we have a reader question about being a working mom, but first, a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you're listening to The Girlfriends Podcast. Do you find it difficult to enter into the mysteries of the Rosary? What about personally applying them to your life? Drawing from the writings of the saints, the Bible, and Catholic tradition, Matt Fratt has produced Pocket Guide to the Rosary, a masterful work that teaches Catholics how to truly meditate on the mysteries of the Rosary, how to pray the Rosary like the saints, and so much more. If you're looking to deepen your prayer life and improve the way you pray, what St. Padre Pio called the weapon of our times, we invite you to check out Pocket Guide to the Rosary by Matt Frad. To order, visit ascensionpress.com or Amazon. Welcome back. Now is the time of the show where we like to share a little bit of listener feedback. And this week I am sharing an email that I received from listener Deanna. Deanna wrote to me, dear Danielle, for the last 10 years, I have worked full time as a manager in a nearby hotel. I like my work a lot and our family counts on my income. So I was really devastated when COVID-19 hit, my hotel closed, and I was laid off. My husband's work is secure, but this has been a scary time for me and my family. I'm writing to you today because as my husband encourages me to look for a new job, I have been finding myself not wanting to. I am wondering if I should go back to work at all. Our kids are still pretty young, four of them, ages six to 15, and I have really loved being present for them and my husband over the past several weeks. I like having the laundry caught up. I like making nice dinners. I like having clean bathrooms. I know the money is important, but I feel like we could maybe make some sacrifices in the cars we drive or even where we live, and it would be worthwhile. Am I being selfish? Has the quarantine made me crazy? Thanks for all you do. I love listening to Girlfriends every week. A couple of weeks ago when there was a glitch and I could not get the full episode immediately, I thought I was going to have a heart attack. Love and prayers, Deanna. Uh, thank you, Deanna. And, uh, thank you for mentioning that glitch. That was a few episodes back. Um, it was the podcast about setting healthy re- healthy boundaries. And when it first went up, it only had the first few minutes and then it blanked out and it, it took a little time, but we did get it back up and the full episode is available if you experienced that and you haven't had a chance to listen to the full show yet. Do go back. It is there. (laughs) And I did hear from many people. It was nice to know that people were paying attention and were concerned about that. And that's cute. I'm sure you didn't have a heart attack, Deanna, but I appreciate that you are listening to Girlfriends every week and counting on it in that way. Um, So let's talk about this. First of all, I'm sorry that you lost your job, Um, but I'm also grateful that this time, as hard as I'm sure it has been, it's hard for people who are laid off. The financial burden is no joke, right? Um, and it changes our life in many practical ways. But I'm grateful that you've had the opportunity to be a little bit reflective about ways in which you're gonna spend your time perhaps going ahead into the future, being reflective about how you want your family life set up. I think that's great. And I think quarantine has provided a lot of people with that opportunity. I was just talking with a friend the other day about how when we go back, right? We're all talking about going back to normal. I'm wondering how many people might not fully go back to normal? How many people might be a little more thoughtful about the things they're going to take on? Because we don't want to lose all of everything that we've enjoyed and some of the ways in which we've benefited from family togetherness during this time of quarantine. So I fully appreciate that. So first of all, you're not being selfish. Uh, I think it's great that you recognize that you're being attentive to your home and family during this time has been a blessing to them. Every mom is called to be that blessing, whether you're working outside the home or not. But being there physically present all day, every day makes it easier (laughs) to do those things. And I'm glad it's opened up your eyes to the ways in which you can serve your family like that and the value that you can you can add in that way. Yeah, it's not all about clean bathrooms, but clean bathrooms are nice. And they smooth things for our families and all the different versions of whatever clean bathroom means in your home and family. The the ways in which we smooth our family schedules make home relaxing, comfortable, rejuvenating. That's a gift that we give to our families and you shouldn't shortchange yourself and your worth in that regard for sure. So the quarantine has not made you crazy, but I think that's great. And I think it's really Im- important that you do spend this time reflecting on this, but I don't know, you, had, you didn't mention if you've um, talked to your husband about it, but I would encourage you to first and foremost, have that conversation with your husband. You can share this email with him or you can put it in your own words or even just ask a little question like, what if I didn't go back? And, you know, have that time exploring with him what that might look like, what it might look like if you don't go back to full-time work. Right now, I think it's difficult to find full-time work. I'm, you know, even if you did begin to that, that job search that he's encouraging you to do, um, I think it's it's a tough job market for sure. Um, maybe explore the idea of what if I went back to doing something part-time? What what would that look like? Um, what 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 might we have to give up in order to make that happen? Have that conversation with him and maybe point out some of the things that you've been able to do and and see if he values some of those same things. You can have the same conversation with your kids and find out what they're valuing about this time that you've been home with them. Um, You can look at your budget together with your husband. I don't know if you're a budgeting couple, if it's that clear for you. Um, Sounds like your husband's kind of organized and he wants you to be on the job search. So maybe he's more aware of the budget than you are. So ask him about that. Look at what you're spending your money on. You mentioned maybe even living somewhere different or driving different cars, making different kinds of sacrifices that seem worthwhile to you. Have that conversation with him. You know, this whole show's been about cultivating contentment. This is a great way to do that. Look at the things you have and the things you're spending money on and say, is that providing contentment in the same way that maybe my being home would provide contentment. Maybe that would provide more contentment. Have that conversation. Find out what your family values, what your husband values, what might be possible. And then maybe, you know, I want to encourage you, don't be heartbroken if maybe he's not on board with it right away. Maybe he's going to be nervous about it. Maybe there are things that your family won't want to give up, but begin that conversation for sure. And, you know, be praying about it yourself, prayerfully be discerning how you might go forward with regard to your own work status. Um, and and pray about it with your husband, together with your husband, or ask him to pray about it. And then, in, in a practical sense, if you can you know, come up with some idea, maybe a compromise, maybe it's going to be working part-time or, or finding a working-from-home situation or whatever, um, whatever it ends up being, very practically, I want to encourage you to agree to do it on a trial basis. This is very helpful when you're making decisions, when you're trying something new. It kind of puts everybody at ease if you say, hey, we're going to do this thing for one month and then like schedule the family meeting or the meeting with your husband one month from then and say, this is when we're going to get back together and say, how's this working? How does this feel? Do we like this? Do we want to continue this? Is this working or not? Um, Sometimes that gives us a lot of peace of mind in trying something new. And it can, if your husband's at all reluctant about doing it, it might help him to relax about it. Like, okay, in a month's time, I will have the opportunity to say if it's not working for me that it's not like committing to it and this is forever right it's it's a conversation it's a trial period so that might be a helpful way to um talk about it and to kind of frame the the trial basis on which you're you're going to go back to work if you're if you're going to do that or the trial basis um for for you staying at home if that's ultimately going to be your decision but I appreciate your question and I think it's one that many of us grapple with? What is our role at home? And um, many of us are facing similar situations where our work life is changing. Of course, our schedules have changed. And we're wondering about what it's going to look like going back. And it is an opportunity to assess these things prayerfully as individuals, as couples, and as families. So I appreciate your question, Deanna. And I'm I'm praying for you and your family. And um, I hope you'll give me an update um, in in the future, post- In a post-COVID-19 world, (laughs) I'd love to know um, what that that decision looks like for you and for your family and how it's working. All right, before we have to go, I wanna mention um, those of you who might be interested in joining our Facebook group, which is exclusive to members of the Girlfriends Podcast. This is a private group. That means if you are a member of this Facebook group, Your friends and family, who you're also friends with on Facebook, can't see what you post there unless they are also members of the Girlfriends Podcast Facebook group. So it is a a private place, a safe place where we can connect and share about maybe some of the things we're struggling with, maybe some questions you have, uh, maybe some ways that you want to reach out and ask for encouragement, support. Um, or just be connecting about everyday things. It's a place where we're able to do that. If you want to join, the only qualification is that you be a listener of the Girlfriends Podcast. So you can go to facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends Podcast. If you can't remember all of that, the link is always in the show notes to the Girlfriends Podcast, which are always available at ascensionpress.com. If you can't remember to go to ascensionpress.com, easy solution for you. You can text the word girlfriends to 33777. And then you will automatically get signed up to get the show notes sent directly to your inbox every week. You won't miss a single episode of the Girlfriends podcast, and we will be connected automatically every week in your inbox. How great is that? Definitely do that. Text the word GIRLFRIENDS to 33777. That only works. That little trick only works for people inside the U.S. If you are listening outside the U.S. and you'd like to be part of that Mailing group, you can still sign up. Just send me an email, danielle at daniellebean.com, and we will get you added to the list. And then finally, if you appreciate what we do here at Girlfriends, I want to encourage you to share it. Word of mouth is really a powerful way that we can grow our community here. And I'm so grateful for the ways in which you encourage and support what we're doing here at Girlfriends. You can post a review on iTunes. I love it when you do that. That really helps us to get the word out and grow our community of listeners here. Or just share a link on social media. Or even just text a friend if you know somebody who would enjoy listening to Girlfriends if you've enjoyed this show or others. Just text the link to a friend that you know would also enjoy it. I'm so grateful for you taking the time to do that. But mostly I'm grateful for you. I'm grateful for your presence here. Thank you just for being here. When you put in those earbuds or when you hit play while you're folding laundry or working out or going for a walk or driving your car, you are an important part of the Girlfriends podcast. You are an important part of the community that we are building here. I am so grateful for your presence here. Until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between DanielleBean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation.